Letter fifty six of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter fifty six. Well, now, my dear lady, I will give you my poor opinion of a masquerade to which Mr. B. persuaded me to accompany Miss Darnford, for, as I hinted in my former, I had a great indifference, or rather dislike, to go, and Miss therefore wanted so powerful a second to get me with her, because I was afraid the freedoms which I had heard were used there would not be very agreeable to my apprehensive temper, at this time especially. But finding Mr. B. chose to have me go, if, as he was pleased to say, I had no objection, I said, I will have none, I can have none, when you tell me it is your choice, and so send for the habits you like, and that you would have me appear in, and I will cheerfully attend you. The habit Mr. B. pitched upon was that of a Spanish don, and it well befitted the majesty of his person and air, and Miss Darnford chose that of a young widow, and Mr. B. recommended that of a Quaker for me. We all admired one another in our dresses, and Mr. B., promising to have me always in his eye, we went thither. But I never desire to be present at another. Mr. B. was singled out by a bold nun, who talked Italian to him with such free airs, that I did not much like it, though I knew not what she said, for I thought the dear gentleman no more kept to his Spanish gravity than she to the requisites of the habit she wore, when I had imagined that all that was tolerable in a masquerade was the acting up to the character each person assumed, and this gave me no objection to the Quaker's dress, for I thought I was prim enough for that naturally." I said softly, Dear Miss Darnford, for Mr. B. and the nun were out of sight in a moment, what is become of that nun? Rather, whispered she, what is become of the Spaniard? A cardinal attacked me instantly in French, but I answered in English, not knowing what he said, Quakers are not fit company for red hats. They are, said he, in the same language, for a Quaker and a Jesuit is the same thing. Miss Darnford was addressed by the name of the sprightly widow. Another asked how long she intended to wear those weeds, and a footman in a rich livery answered for her eyes, through her mask, or that it would not be a month. But I was startled when a Presbyterian parson came up and bid me look after my Musidorus, so that I doubted not by this it must be one who knew my name to be Pamela, and I soon thought of one of my lawyers whose characters I gave before. Indeed, he needed not to bid me, for I was sorry on more accounts than that of my timorousness to have lost sight of him. Out upon these nasty masquerades, thought I, I can't abide them already." An egregious, bowish appearance came up to Miss, and said, You hang out a very pretty sign, widow. Not, replied she, to invite such fops as you to my shop. Any customer would be welcome, returned he. In my opinion, I whisper this as a secret. And I whisper another, said she, but not whisperingly, that no place warrants ill manners. Are you angry, widow? She affected a laugh. No, indeed, it ain't worth while. 
He turned to me, and I was afraid of some such hit as he gave me. I hope, friend, thou art prepared with a father for the light within thee. Is this wit, said I, turning to Miss Darnford? I have enough of this diversion, where nothing but coarse jests appear barefaced. At last Mr. B. accosted us, as if he had not known us. So lovely a widow, and so sweet a friend, no wonder you do not separate, for I see not in this various assembly a third person of your sex fit to join with you. Not one, sir, said I, will not a penitent nun make a good third, with a mournful widow and a prim Quaker? Not for more than ten minutes at most." instantly the nun a fine person of a lady with a noble air though i did not like her joined us and spoke in italian something very free as it seemed by her manner and mr b s smiling answer but neither miss darnford nor i understood that language and mr b would not explain it to us but she gave him a signal to follow her, seeming to be much taken with his person and air, for though there were three other Spanish habits there, he was called the stately Spaniard by one, the handsome Spaniard by another in our hearing, as he passed with us to the dessert, where we drank each of us a glass of champagne, and eat a few sweetmeats with a crowd about us, but we appeared not to know one another while several odd appearances as one indian prince one chinese mandarin several dominoes of both sexes a dutch skipper a jewish rabbi a greek monk a harlequin a turkish bashaw and capuchin friar glided by us as we returned into company signifying that we were strangers to them by squeaking out i know you which is half the wit of the place two ladies one in a very fantastic party-coloured habit with a plume of feathers the other in a rustic one with a garland of flowers round her head were much taken notice of for their freedom and having something to say to everybody they were as seldom separated as miss darnford and i and were followed by a crowd wherever they went the party-coloured one came up to me friend said she there is something in thy person that attracts every one's notice but if a sack had not been a profane thing it would have become thee almost as well i thank thee friend said i for thy counsel but if thou hadst been pleased to look at home thou wouldst not have taken so much pains to join such advice and such an appearance together as thou makest this made every one that heard it laugh one said the butterfly hath met with her match she returned with an affected laugh smartly said but art thou come hither friend to make thy light shine before men or women verily friend neither replied i but out of mere curiosity to look into the minds of both sexes which i read in their dresses a general satire on the assemblée by the mass said a fat monk the nun whisked to us were all concerned in my friend's remark and no disgrace to a fair nun returned i if her behaviour answer her dress nor to a reverend friar turning to the monk if his mind be not a discredit to his appearance nor yet to a country girl turning to the party-coloured lady's companion if she has not weeds in her heart to disgrace the flowers on her head an odd figure representing a merry andrew took my hand and said i had the most piquant wit he had met with that night and friend said he let us be better acquainted 
forbear said i withdrawing my hand not a companion for a jack pudding neither a roman senator just then accosted miss darnford and mr b seeing me so much engaged twere hard said he if our nation in spite of cervantes produced not one cavalier to protect a fair lady thus surrounded though surrounded not distressed my good knight-errant said the nun the fair quaker will be too hard for a half a dozen antagonists and wants not your protection but your poor nun bespeaks it whispered she who has not a word to say for herself mr b answered her in italian i wish i understood italian and she had recourse to her beads you can't imagine madam how this nun haunted him i don't like these masquerades at all many ladies on these occasions are so very free that the censorious will be apt to blame the whole sex for their conduct and to say their hearts are as faulty as those of the most culpable men since they scruple not to show as much when they think they cannot be known by their faces but it is my humble opinion that could a standard be fixed by which one could determine readily what is and what is not wit decency would not be so often wounded by attempts to be witty as it is for here every one who can say things that shock a modester person not meeting with due rebuke but perhaps a smile without considering whether it be of contempt or approbation mistakes courage for wit and everything sacred or civil becomes the subject of his frothy jest but what a moralizer am i will your ladyship say indeed i can't help it and especially on such a subject as a masquerade which i dislike more than anything i ever saw i could say a great deal more on this occasion but upon my word i am quite out of humour with it for i liked my english mr b better than my spaniard and the nun i approved not by any means though there were some who observed that she was one of the gracefullest figures in the place and indeed in spite of my own heart i could not help thinking so too your ladyship knows so well what masquerades are that i may well be excused saying anything further on a subject i am so little pleased with for you only desire my notions of those diversions because i am a novice in them and this i doubt not will doubly serve to answer that purpose i shall only therefore add that after an hundred other impertinences spoken to miss darnford and me and retorted with spirit by her and as well as i could by myself quite sick of the place i feigned to be more indisposed than i was and so got my beloved spaniard to go off with us and reached home by three in the morning and so much for masquerades i hope i shall never have occasion to mention them again to your ladyship i am my dearest madam your ever obliged sister and servant p b End of letter 56